Well, thank you, Lord. I wanted to, that was great. <laughs> I always hate to preach after somebody does something like that. You know, like, oh, you know, that was so good. That was, that was the highlight of the day for me. Isn't that great? Thank you, Kevin. Good job, Kevin. Everybody give Kevin a good hand. Plus all the people that helped him, you know, the sound booth and uh, the drummer and the guitar, you know, Isaac. Isaac's doing good, Savannah. Yeah, Kevin's good. Heather, yeah, they're all great. It's great to have people that will give their efforts to worship. Amen? So important for the church. In fact, one of the most important things, I think. Uh, anyways, I wanted to thank everybody for all the condolences for my mom. Uh, she would have been 93 today, but so she's having a better day in heaven. Amen? The funeral went great. Uh, my brother, for those who don't know, my brother's a pastor also. He pastors three churches, actually. He's a Methodist pastor. And he has done more funerals than you can imagine. So he calls me and says, we're going to do the funeral. Okay, and he's all like, I told Becky, like, gosh, he was sort of acting like a pastor or something, telling me all the stuff we're going to do. And, you know, and I was thinking, man, I don't really want to do this. I, said, I don't want to do Mama's funeral, man. That's my mama. I didn't really want to do my Mama's funeral. And uh, he said, no, you got to. Mama wanted us to. I said, okay, cool. You know, you, you know, I'll just do a prayer or something. He said, no, you got to do half. I'm going to do half. You know. Well, my, I did a funeral with my brother a few years ago, and he is really good at doing funerals because his congregations are all a bunch of old people. <laughs> he actually did two that week before he did my mama's funeral. So he has done some funerals. He's good at it. So I was like, yeah, he'll do great. I'll just get up and sort of, you know, maybe... A, just act like I'm saying something, and well, he, I get, we get right before the funeral. I noticed that he was not acting right. He was acting really nervous, and I got concerned about him being nervous. Well, he did a terrible job. <laughs> I mean, he fumbled around. I'm thinking he ain't never done a funeral before. That's why he sounded like he ain't never done a funeral. So I'm thinking, I don't even know, Lord. I don't know how to do this, man. I mean, you know, I don't, you know, I don't even know what to say. I couldn't even ever think of anything to say. Literally, I couldn't think of anything. So. I got up and did the best I could, but I think it turned out good. You know, I really I think somehow God made it good. Let me just say this. My sisters, I have three sisters, they were happy. And if they were happy, then everybody's happy, right? Because they, they were in charge. They, they're in charge anyway. So I just thought that was interesting, doing your mama's funeral. Ooh, mercy, Lord. But, you know, losing your parents. How many people in here have lost both their parents or one of their parents? Raise your hand. It's, a, it's not a great feeling, honestly. It's a blank feeling. In, in my, you know, my dad's been gone for a long time now. Uh, but it feels like a blank in your life. Like, it's a blank spot. Somebody told me I was an orphan. I said, no, I'm not an orphan. I may not have a mom and daddy, but I got a father in heaven. You know, I'm not doing that orphan thing. I was, I was an orphan when I had both my parents. You know, in my heart I was, but, but I'm not anymore. Plus, I got a few moms around. I got Becky. You know. <laughs> she makes sure, you know, and if she can't do it, she calls my sisters. <laughs> yeah, Grace. I got plenty of people, women in my life, telling me what to do. Now, Emma Lou, she's even gotten in on her Madeline. Now they're telling me what to do, so. It's great having moms, even when they're five years old. <laughs> 
Emma actually comes in our house and rearranges things. She walks in, looks around. She's all focused on, I guess, the interior decorating. She starts moving stuff like, this looks better over here. But she literally does that. Ooh, mercy, Lord. Okay. Well, thank you, Lord. Uh, I'm going to read this verse to you. And Okay. This message is thoughts about the kingdom. I'm not saying it's thoughts of the kingdom. Okay? But it may be. Because I do have some thoughts from the Lord. Uh, but these are some thoughts about the kingdom of God. And I think this is really important. Uh, I'm going to read John 3, 3 first, and then I'm going to say a few things. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And so Jesus laid down the, the foundation, the, 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 the plumb line, so to speak, of how to see the kingdom of God. It's really easy. Just get born again. And everybody who's born again can see the kingdom. That's what he said. Okay? And so, um, in 2004, I was on vacation at Ocean Isle, right? That's the name of that bay. Ocean Isle. I was sitting there praying one morning. I read that verse, and the Lord spoke to me. And he said, you can't see, can you? That's what he said. I said, no, Lord, not really. I'm not seeing. He said, I'm going to teach you how to see the kingdom. That's what he said to me. Well, that had, was an answer to prayer for me because about, I guess it was that same year, earlier in the year, I had one day had a prayer. I had, you ever had a time when you prayed something and when you, the answer that you prayed, you knew it was not a prayer that you came up with. It was a God prayer. I just one day, actually, <laughs> I came back from playing golf and uh, got in the car. I met somewhere, somebody somewhere and I had the car parked and... It's funny how you remember little details when God speaks to you. And I got in my car and had put my stuff up. I was sitting there for a moment, and I prayed, and I thought about it. And I said, Lord, I really want you to give me revelation on the kingdom. I really don't feel like I have revelation on the kingdom. The minute I said that, I knew that prayer came out of heaven. And I knew that God was going to answer that prayer. You know, there was this knowing in me. And that's, I'm going to diverge this moment, but you know, there's a knowing thing. Any people... There's things in your life that you just know. And then there's things you just hope for, right? There's a difference. There really is a big difference between those two. And so sometimes we need to, to ask, the God, ask God about the knower, the things that you really know, because that's really what's going to happen, is the things you really know, they're going to happen, because that's God in you telling you uh, that this is going to happen. So I would really encourage you sometimes to pause in your life and contemplate on the things that you really know. Like, for instance, I know I'm going to heaven. Okay? That, I mean, that's, we know that. I mean, that's a duh. I mean, yeah, I'm going to heaven. That's not a big deal. It's between here and there, you know, what I want to know about, you know. There's a knowing that you can have in your life. And I believe many of you have these things that you know about. Um, and so ask the Lord, I want you to ask the Lord, to take some time out and ask the Lord about those things, things that you really know. It could be a negative thing. Uh, you know, I had this friend of mine who was telling me about, you know, uh, this relationship he was in, and he knew he was not supposed to be in that relationship. Knew it. God had told him. And, but he loved this person so much, he did everything in his power to make that relationship work. But in the end, the relationship didn't work. And he said, I knew it. I knew it all the time. But somehow I was just hoping I could make it work. And 
And so when you, I just really encourage you to find that that's a sort of a negative knowing, but those are important also. Um, so that was sort of off the beaten path there. <laughs> but that was how I felt after I prayed that prayer. I knew God was going to answer the prayer. And so a few months later, I'm reading that scripture, and God speaks to me. And about within one hour, maybe 30 minutes, I get this phone call from a friend of mine. And he said this to me. He said, hey, Byron, next week I'm going to Bob Jones's house. Would you like to come with me? And I thought, duh, yes, I want to go to Bob Jones's house. And that was the beginning of a mentoring relationship that God gave me with Bob Jones, of all people. I mean, you know, duh. I mean, me, Bob Jones. I mean, I mean, I was sort of not in for him, you know, because Bob Jones is a seer, man. He can see things. He knows things that most people would love to, but not that I'm being mentored to take his mantle or anything, but, if, you know, if he happened to leave it with me, I mean, I might take it for a while anyway. Anyways. But that's just a little thing of how God began to really answer that prayer in my life that He put in my heart to be able to see the kingdom of God. Okay? Because we, and we all can see it, the kingdom of heaven, because we're born again. It's just that we don't know how. So when Jesus came, when he, Jesus came to the earth, He came preaching a message. And if you ever think about this, Jesus copied somebody else's message. He copied. John the Baptist had already preached this message. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus thought, well, that sounds like a good message. I think I'll do that one. <laughs> Actually, he gave John that message. Like, hey, John, this is what you need to preach. And I'm going to do it too, just to make sure everybody knows it was from me. But that's really what he began to say. He's like, change your mind, because my kingdom is right here. And if you'll change your mind, you'll begin to see this kingdom. You'll begin to know this kingdom. Okay? And so God, really, for over seven years now, has been teaching me how to see the kingdom. And really how to hear the kingdom, how to know the kingdom. And... It's been an awesome journey, really. It has been a really powerful journey. The thing is, the thing that I learned, though, is like I went through uh, and came right back to that same place in my life recently. And like God was saying is, how you seeing and how you hearing. Okay? What happens in our life is our spiritual lives really do go through cycles. Okay, I mentioned to you a few weeks ago, a negative, a bad cycle you see in a lot of Christians is they're on fire for the Lord for a while, and then the fire gets way damp down, and they sort of get lukewarm or even cold, you know? And you just, you know, that's sort of a bad thing, because God doesn't ever want us to be like that. He wants us to always have this fire burning inside of us. And that's really the key to being on fire for God all the time, is have, a, have your own personal inside of you fire because if it's not inside of you it will not burn through the seasons always because you're too dependent on other people's fire okay other people's revelation all that is out it's all out there instead of you're starting on the inside and and so that's how you live with fire in your heart all the time is you have your own fire that you feed you cultivate you develop with god in your relationship with the lord that he's given us through the Holy Spirit. And, and see, God wants you to be on fire. Uh, so, but a positive cycle, I think, a, you know, in the natural things to cycle through, 
and you know God speaks to us and He brings us down the road and He brings us back. Many times He brings us back to the same point in our spiritual lives and and speaks to us again at that same point. One of the things, and uh, this is always an interesting scripture to me. I told you this was just a thought thing. Okay, are y'all with me? I'm just thinking out loud. I'm not trying to give you some profound teaching. Okay, I couldn't anyway. But one of the things that in Exodus 3 where the Lord spoke to Moses at the burning bush encounter, He said, He began to tell Moses, this is what you're going to do. You've got to go do, you know, all this, deliver, blah, blah. And Moses was like, you know, who the heck am I going to be the one? How am I going to do this? You know, that's basically, well, how am I, who am I to do this? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just me, and how is this going to happen? How am I going to know this? That's what he asked the Lord. And the Lord said, Moses, you're going to know this when you're right back at this same place worshiping me. That's how you're really going to know it. Don't you love how God is? He speaks to us and tells us something, and we're like, okay, what's the details on this, Lord? You want me to do such and such things, and I need a bunch of money just in case you don't, do what you said you were going to do, or just in case I miss what you're going to do. I need some assurance, Lord. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I got to have a, well, you know, a confirmation. You know, I think people went too far with that confirmation thing. You know, not always, but lots of times. And where God just says, no, you just go do it. This is how you're going to know when you're back here. After you've done it all, <laughs> and you're worshiping me, that's how you're, you're going to know. And so that's many times that's the way our Christian life works. God speaks to us, and we had to head out that way. Like, oh God, I pray, I pray and I heard the Lord right. I pray that God is in this, because if He ain't, I'm in so much trouble. Anybody got that going on in their life right now? I got so much stuff I'm over so much in trouble with. Like, if God doesn't do something soon, I'm doomed. I mean, because I have hung myself out there so far. Like, what? Are you ever going to show up? You know, and make this stuff happen? Well, that's what he, he does with us. I love it. It says, when you show up and worship me, you know. And so God, you know, will speak to you in your life, and then he wants to walk you through what he spoke to you for a time and bring you back to that point to say to you, I told you so. You know, I told you I was going to teach you how to see the kingdom. I told you so. Although you may still be struggling with it. And you may feel like you're not seeing it. But I have taught you. I've brought you this far. I've brought you for seven years. Now I'm bringing you back here. And we're going to talk about what you're seeing and how you're seeing. Okay, because this is really important right now that you begin to really see the kingdom and begin to know that the kingdom of God is what's most important in your Christian life. It really is. The kingdom is not something, it's not an addendum. It's everything. It, it is everything. Everything. The kingdom is everything. And um, let me just read this scripture to you and explain this a little bit to you the best I can. It's 2 Corinthians 4, 6. But, because I don't know if you're, if you're anything like me. You want to know, like, where, where is all this going, God? Where is this going? You know, like... In the natural realm, as you was in the business, like you're looking, if you were looking for the corner office, like that's where we're at. I'm going to get that corner office. God's going to promote me into that. If you, you know, that's a good thing, I think. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a corner office. 
pretty nice actually. You know. So in our spiritual life, we had to have this mindset. Say Corinthians 4, 6. It is God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Okay? That's where we're headed. That verse right now. The face of Jesus Christ. To see the Lord. See, it is not... I'm telling you. I'm telling you guys. It ain't about ministry. It's not about your calling. It's not about the church. It's not about missions. It's not about dreams. It's not about visions. All of that stuff is very secondary. Any, that's, that's going backwards. If that's your life's goal, you're going backwards. You're going in reverse. If your life goal is to be the best worship leader, you're going in reverse. If your life is, is to be the greatest preacher, you're in reverse. Your life is headed backwards. It's all going towards seeing this glorious person. I mean, that really is the goal. And so that's the, what the body of Christ is. is Our goal is for greater and greater revelation of this person. The revelation of Christ. The glory of Christ. That's our ultimate goal. That's, what we, that's our dream. And see, in that dream is everything else. In that dream is Collins. It's worship. It's whatever, you know, suits you. It's the corner office. It's all of that. All of that is embodied in this dream of this person. And, and see, that's really what God wants for us. But here's the key. This person, now this is, really, this is what was really sort of throwing me for a long time. This person does not come alone. He doesn't come just him. It's not, he don't just come like, well, I'm just this person. That's a mistake that the church could make. The, because, see, you, in the Bible, when Jesus came... He brought the kingdom. He, didn't, he never separated himself from the kingdom of heaven. Never. Everything he did, everything he did was to show the kingdom of heaven. In other words, they can't be a king that doesn't have a kingdom, right? I mean, that's a joke. Oh, I'm a king. Well, what's your kingdom? Uh, well, I don't really have one yet. You know? <laughs> but one day... No, he came as the king of a kingdom. Or you can't just say the king, we got, we're going to have the kingdom, you know, and be all kingdom, like warped out kingdom thinking, but there's no king. Because there's no such a thing as a kingdom. Are y'all following this? And so what started happening to me was this thing over the past few years. God would really speak to me. God would do something. God would reveal something to me. And it was wonderful and it was awesome. But then it seemed like my path would always kind of like diverge back to Christ. Okay, it, it would seem like it would go back to Him. Like you'd get a revelation of the Father. Like, there's nothing greater. Oh, the Father. The Father's love. The dream of having a Father finally in my life. A, a dream of a Father who gives me everything I have ever desired in my heart that I need from a Father. And bask in that. And then one day it's like, Jesus. Like, okay, what does this mean, Lord? I know this means something. It's not just, you know, back to this person. There's something greater that you're trying to tell me because it was almost like there was an absence in that. There was something lacking in that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Have you ever had, got something from the Lord, but you felt like there was something missing in it? Like there was a part of like, what? Wait a minute. You know, 
wait. Is that it? I mean, there's got to be, this is not really adding up. There's a piece missing here. And that's really what I felt that was going on. And this happened over and over in my I was saying, good Lord, what is it? Is it the Father? Is it the Son? Is it the Holy Spirit? Which one is it? Have you ever thought that? I mean, sometimes I literally thought that. Thank God we don't have to choose. We don't have to choose. We get one, we get them all. But there's this expression that He releases at certain times and seasons. At certain times and seasons, He's going to like, Holy Ghost! (laughs) He's going to really Holy Ghost you into the ground. That's a good season, I personally think. But then right in the middle of that, he might say, Oh, yeah, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, Jesus. Man, that feels good. But you know what I'm saying? I don't know if y'all have had those experiences. Those are good days, though, really, when all that's happening. It's awesome. But the Lord said to me, Byron, this is what you asked for. You, you've prayed this. Because I kept asking, what does this mean? Why, why, does this, why does everything come back? Why does all, you know, all roads lead to Rome, they used to, it was a saying. Because the Roman Empire built roads. That's what they did. They built roads in the world and all of them came back to Rome. All roads lead to Jesus Christ. All revelations lead to Jesus Christ. And if they don't, they're not worth having. You don't want them. You don't want a revelation that doesn't bring you back to Jesus Christ. But here was the key. Here was the key. The part I felt was missing in my life was that kingdom part. Okay? Because I was praying, Lord, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge and the acknowledgement of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the answer to prayer. Here He is. You've been praying for it. You want to see Him. You want to know Him. There He is. But see, you cannot know Christ, really. If you're going to really get to know Him, there's something about the kingdom of heaven because that's part of who He is. That's a part of what He does. Y'all just sitting here looking at me with these looks. These terrible looks. I told you this is a thought, so let me just read this other scripture to you. Okay, Acts 1.1. Now, just in case there's, people don't know this, most people know this, we assume most people know this, the person who wrote the book of Acts was the person who wrote the gospel of Luke. Luke, the beloved physician, wrote the book of Acts. He was not one of the original 12 disciples, like a lot of people think. He actually was one of Paul the Apostle's disciples, okay? Now, he wrote this book to this guy named Theopolis who was, he called him Old Noble Theopolis. So this was a very serious guy, Theopolis. Obviously a governmental guy, some person with a lot of influence who has this wanted to know about stuff. Uh, in the former account, I made the Gospel of Luke, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? I think that kind of stuff's good to know. Of all that Jesus began to do and teach. Now, here's the thing about the kingdom, okay? Jesus had to do, he had to do the kingdom and he had to teach the kingdom. Because here's the problem with all of this kingdom of heaven and seeing the kingdom of heaven. It's abstract. It's, it is an absolute abstract thing. For somebody to say, I've got a kingdom which you can't see. That's crazy. We're like, duh. Well, we need to, you know, we got to see something. we got to hear something. Otherwise, it's abstract. Most Christians, the kingdom of God is very abstract to them. Most Christians cannot connect with it. 
You know, most Christians, when you talk about seeing the invisible, they are just, just like God. It doesn't help them. Even though the Bible says the way to not lose heart in your life is to see the invisible. It's clearly wrote Second Corinthians four sixteen through 18. Clearly. And so you could preach that message until you fell, you know, fell down on the ground and people would be lost heart. They would walk out the door discouraged. They would walk out the door a lost heart. Even though you've told them 150 times, this is the key. This is the key. The kingdom is the key. Seeing the kingdom is the key. You've got to see the kingdom. But see, Jesus didn't just do that. He did that, but he also, he talked to him about the kingdom, and he also demonstrated the kingdom. He did the kingdom. Okay? I mean, that's how it is. So how God wants to do this thing, this is how he does it. Are y'all interested in this? This is how he does it. He does it by giving us something in the concrete, natural world. Okay? An expression of the kingdom comes forth. And then somebody tries to explain that expression. And once he does that, you've got a reference point in your mind, okay, to understand something that's invisible. Now, in the Bible, Ezekiel, you know, he had this encounter with these heavenly things that he saw. And he said they looked like wheels in the middle of wheels that were moving they had eyes, and they were moving around, and they were just doing this, all this wild stuff. And he was just like struggling to describe what he was seeing. It's just like Paul in 2 Corinthians 12. He said, I, can't, I don't have words. I, am not given even, I don't even have the capability to describe what I have went up when I went into the third heaven. Because there was nothing on earth like it. He, he didn't have the right words. And obviously, Ezekiel and Paul both were very brilliant people. Okay? They had a great vocabulary. They had great understanding. But they were seeing things that they could not reference. So they just said it the best they could. Paul said, I just, it just, you can't utter these things. I, I, a lot of people think it was, I think it was like, because I have no words on earth to describe what I saw. Because there's nothing on earth to can, can adequately convey the glories that I saw. So I just can't do it. So here we are stuck, you know, here in this realm, okay, stuck here, seeing what everybody in the world sees, you know, feeling what people in the world feel, and God is saying, no. No, no, you can't live like that. You will be defeated like that. You will be defeated like that. You are headed for defeat because the world is headed for defeat. It's headed for defeat. Are you okay? And so God wants to show us the kingdom. He wants us to begin to see things. And then He says, okay, this is what I should... And the crazy thing about God's kingdom, it really is offensive. The way he does stuff, he, he, the way he reveals the kingdom many times that shows up in the natural, it looks foolish to people. It looks cra- like craziness to people. Okay? But it's the kingdom of God being released in this world. It just looks like crazy because we're stuck in this mindset of this world. And he releases that and he's saying, this is the kingdom coming right here in your midst. 
This is the key. When people have been just so touched by the Lord and they have been visibly shook or visibly healed or whatever, and you watched them and you thought, and some people have looked at it and mocked it and made fun of it and rejected it, not knowing that it was a manifestation of the invisible kingdom breaking out into this world. And it was God trying to help you and I see something. See something. So we could be trained to live our lives not from here, but from there. And But you watch people. People will get offended and people will go and leave the room when the kingdom starts getting mad because it makes them uncomfortable and gets them fidgety. You know? When it's really heaven, it's their dream. It's, it's what's in them coming forth. Because God is trying to say, okay, this may look crazy to you, but He's really trying to get to your mind. You know, get your mind out of the way. You know, are y'all okay? Um, this is thoughts. Okay? You know, we were singing that song, something about some kind of revelation or something earlier. I can't remember the way. Well, this is what it was. Oh, this is what it was. We were singing that song that he was singing. Kevin, that guy. I saw this vision, okay? This was earlier in the earlier service. I saw this vision of a wa- not a waterfall, but a river that was running down a hill, which I... I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that in the natural. I was saying, does that, even, that didn't exist in the natural. That's what you call a waterfall, but it wasn't a waterfall. There was a riverbed. It was coming down a steep hill. And the Lord said, that's the place of the skull where that river is coming from, which is a hill called Golgotha. You know? And the cross, the cross, when Jesus was, they took that cross and drove that cross into that skull. Okay? Now, that means a lot of things. One, it means the devil's head just got busted. You know, by the cross that he was trying to kill Jesus with, it went into his head. He thought he was being clever. Other thing it means for us, for you and I really to access this kingdom realm, is that's what has to happen to our mind. The cross has to come into our mind, okay, and bring some death to that carnal thinking, okay? And once that begins to start happening in your life, that river, because that was where the river, y'all know this, that was where the river of God was released into the earth, when Jesus, they took the spear after he was dead and stuck him in the side and that water and blood spurted out of his side. That released the river that was in heaven into the earth. Okay? That was an outward manifestation. That's what Jesus, that's why all that happened. He, it wasn't just in there like, oh, just to prove he was dead. I mean, he was dead. You know, but, you know, they have medical people could tell you that's, yeah, he was dead. That's what happens to people when they die. Their blood and water separate, blah, blah, something medical. It was pretty interesting, really, if you read about it. But really what he was trying to do is say, listen, there's a spiritual river. I tell, I tell you there's a spiritual river that comes from, it says, it's from the throne of God and of the Lamb. That's what it says in Revelation. That's what it says. And Jesus was saying, when I got crucified on the earth, I released that spiritual river in the earth. And I'm showing you something physical to get you to see something beyond that. Do y'all see that? That's how he works. That's how he talks. That's how he communicates. He gives us these pictures to help us see beyond the picture. But most of the church don't see beyond the picture. 
or refuses to. And God is inviting us to see the kingdom. He's inviting us to become students, to bow ourselves and become students to hear and see spiritually. And I had to learn the humility. I had to learn the bowing part. I had to learn that my mind was my greatest enemy. I had to learn that. I had to learn it the hard way. I had to learn it because I learned it because I missed God so many times because I taught myself out of it. I let my mind and my thoughts rule me and tell me, well, that looks ridiculous. That can't be, or, you know, I don't really like that. That's just not the way I am. All those crazy thoughts. I let those thoughts dominate me. And because they were dominating, they were dominating my life. And when I began to realize, I became into a point where God was saying He wanted to teach me, I realized I've got to get a lot more spiritual-minded. And I've got to be willing to see something different and to think something different. I've got to humble myself. And once I begin to do that, then the visions and things, hearing things and seeing things started happening in my life. But that really is not the point. You know, seeing stuff is not the point. It's really not. You know, seeing angels is not the point. It's really not the point. If that's all there was, we would just be like, gosh, this is kind of crummy. Is this all there is to this? We're going to have a vision of an angel? We're going to hear angels. Well, that's nice, but there's more to it. It's God. It's the face of Christ and His kingdom. You know, and those things are just part of things that are in His kingdom that He wants to release to us and teach us how to see this. Well, or, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, this is one thing. Let me just say this to you. I'm not running out of time yet. Y'all might. Are y'all out of time? <laughs> you know this old saying with preachers. You know, if you get done before I get done, you can leave. <laughs> I've been done a long time. Like, God, oh, well, I was done. I was done five minutes after you started. <laughs> You ever felt that way? Now, I, I tell you what, I went to, this is no kid, I went to a funeral one time, there were four preachers in this funeral. I almost cried. Because <laughs> I knew, oh, this is going to be a terrible long funeral. Four preachers, every one of them was going to want to get up there and give them a 40-minute message. Sure enough, they did. <laughs> I was crying by the time it was over with. <laughs> they thought I was sorrowful. I didn't hardly know the person. <laughs> I was crying because it was going on so long. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you know there's a scripture in the Bible that's uh, when the Father spoke. Now, I, I want you all to get this. Okay, this, is, this really spoke to my heart. The Father spoke out of heaven. And he told, you know, Jesus, I'm going to glorify your name. And some of the people around said, that was thunder. You know what? That's what much of the, much of the church does with the spiritual thing. It, it has, it's so abstract to them. It's like, well, that's just noise. That's what they think. They think this stuff is just a bunch of noise, a bunch of hooting and hollering. Just like those people of that day when they had the God right there and the Father speaking out of heaven onto the earth plane, they're thinking, oh, that was just thunder. Okay? And because it was just an abstract noise to them. See, we, that's the way we are. We think things are not, this is, that's just thunder. That, it has no form. It has no connection with us. Are y'all getting that? Well, I know I live my Christian life like that. Most of what was going on around me spiritually was thunder to me. 
But it was really God at work around me. And I was missing it. And God really wants to teach us to be people. No, that wasn't thunder. That was God the Father speaking. That's uh, in John twelve twenty nine. That verse, if you're curious about it. It's the voice of the Father. So, anyways, that's, I think that's pretty good. So here's the thing. Let me tell you a couple statistics. Are y'all okay still? Here's a couple tips. Uh, the, the kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven occurs 140 times in the New Testament. 140 times. Guess what? 109 of those times was in the Gospels. In other words, it was Jesus' main words. Okay, 109 times. That means the rest of the apostles used, didn't use that term. They used it 30 one time, right? 31 times. That's how they... This is another interesting statistic. I thought that church, the word church, occurs 111 times in the New Testament. This is going to blow your mind. You know how many times it appeared in the Gospels? Three times. Three times. Church, three times. Jesus said church three times. Three times. Three times. Now, the apostles used that word a bunch. Because they had this revelation of the kingdom. This is what it was. They had a revelation of the kingdom. They had a basic understanding of life. So what they were trying to do is release another revelation called the revelation of the church. Okay? Because they had this inherent understanding about what the kingdom was all about. And so they were trying and what they were trying to say, and this is the main way that God releases the kingdom on the earth. His main thing, the main thing he wants to do is release the kingdom is through the through the church. Ephesians 3.10. He makes known the wisdom of God to the powers, principalities, in the heavenly places. That's the church's job by the church. And so they really, it's like the church is an apostolic word. It really is. Where kingdom was more of a Jesus word. Well, this is something Andy Squires told me. Okay? Beware of Andy Squires. <laughs> Actually, Andy, pray for Andy. His grandma died. He's out there in California right now doing, you know, taking care of all that. But, Andy was telling me this. He was telling me about this heresy, okay, that's out there in the church world. Here's what the heresy is. Paul, Paul's teaching has superseded Jesus' teaching. I thought, what? Paul's teaching has... Suddenly Paul's more important than Jesus? Suddenly Paul is the person we should be feeding on? Because Jesus only, was only preaching to Jesus? I mean, I don't think so. I'm not willing to throw the Gospels out the window. I don't think... Andy said you can find that out by Googling before the cross, after the cross. I just said, man, I'm, I'm not Googling that. I don't even give a rip what those people think. They're just going... They're going down a dead-end road. They're going down a road that's going to lead to sorrow. Okay? Because you cannot be in the kingdom. You can't... By just tapping on to anything beyond Christ. And anytime we start coming up with doctrines like that to justify our puny beliefs that we're trying to perpetuate. That's a, that's a great danger in that. A great danger. You know, I think Bill Johnson said this. I think it was Bill Johnson. Jesus is God's perfect theology. Did he say that? Matthew? Probably. Well, if he didn't, we're going to give him credit for it. Somebody said it. I thought, yeah. You know, and, and the reason he is... See, 
you know, God's going to lead everything back to Jesus, you know. And I think if Paul could grab a hold of those people today that was teaching that, he would probably slap them, just slap the fool out of them, like beat them. Like, I'm going to beat your brains out by taking and associating my name with that kind of belief system, that what I said is more important than what Jesus said. Because it's not, okay. And what God wants to do, okay, is get the church back to being, or get me back, and I think us, get us back to where the kingdom of God is the main thing. And I'm going to tell you what the kingdom of God is just. It's just not missions. It's just not healing, okay? It's just not spiritual gifts, okay? Those are manifestations of the kingdom, but that's not the kingdom, okay? And, you know, most people don't understand the kingdom. I bet there's people in this room like, what is the kingdom? What is the kingdom? And, of course, the classic answer is Christ's domain. is wherever Christ rules, which really is the truth. It's the rulership of Christ. It's where He's Lord, where He's the King. Okay? That's what the kingdom is. And so wherever He's the King, that's where the kingdom is. And it doesn't matter what's really happening. And so if we're going to, you know, in your Christian life, I'll be honest with you, if you're going to put your focus on, like, healing, or if you're going to put your focus on on missions or whatever, supernatural, all that, that's the wrong focus. I'm going to be honest with you. That is the wrong. If you're going to put your focus on the prophetic, you've got the wrong focus. Your focus really needs to be Christ and the kingdom. The kingdom in Christ. Because that way the prophetic will be your thing. The healing will be your thing. Because that's what the manifestations of the kingdoms are. Now, the, this is what the Bible says. Are y'all okay still? Here, this is what the Bible says. I told you these are just thoughts. Okay, the Bible says, I think it's Hebrews 12, that we have been given an unshakable kingdom. That's what it says. We've been given an unshakable kingdom. So let us have grace so that we might serve God acceptably. It goes on to say that. Let us have grace. We, because we have this kingdom that's unshakable, we need some grace to be here to serve God in this kingdom, be to bow to God, and, and grace will enable us to do that. But this is, I want you to think about this. Uh, this is a fact about uh, the, the stock market. A corporate executive in Europe that's over a large European uh, multinational corporation can have an affair and it become public and the stock market in America drops 30 or 40 points. Okay? Right? Or, uh, you know, Iran can threaten, you know, we're going to put some warships out there next to Israel, and the stock market will drop two or 300 points. Now, I think God is trying to give us a message. I think He's been trying to give the church a message. And I think He's been trying to give the United States a message. And this is what He's trying to give us. Your world that you live in is shaking. In fact, the world, your economy that you put so much uh, hope and trust in is not something you need to be putting your hope and trust in. I mean, has anybody had this experience in the last two or three years? Things that you hoped in, suddenly you've lost hope in those things. Have y'all, has anybody had that? Have you ever thought that that might be God's mercy that God is saying it's because you had your hope in something that was temporal of this world and it's coming down. And I want to teach you about this unshakable kingdom that's not coming down. I want you to be able to tap all your hope into that. I know missionaries 
Okay? I know missionaries right now who've done some good stuff that's telling me everything I've hoped for is gone. It's gone. Everything is gone. I've lost it all. I'm talking about people who know God in a serious way because they had planted so much hope in certain things happening, but those things weren't planted in the kingdom of heaven because the kingdom of heaven is unshakable. And so God has been trying to teach people, me, like, I want to teach you how to see the kingdom because I want you to be able to live your life out of something that cannot be shaken. And I want you to be able to know a person that doesn't change because that's what Hebrews 13 calls Jesus, the unchanging person, that he doesn't change. Everything around here may change, but he doesn't change. He doesn't change. When he says something, it happens. Are y'all hearing this? And God is saying, you know, I'm looking for a church that really does become a kingdom church. That they are part of the kingdom and the focus of, of the person of that, of that church is Christ. And every, I'm shaking everything in your life, everything that you wanted, all your little dreams that you had, that you thought you were going to do. Guess what? They're not going to happen because they're being shaken down because they were rooted in this world. I mean, that's a bad day, Right? I mean, it's a real bad day. I'm, talking, I'm not talking about just dreams of having a big house or something. I'm talking about spiritual dreams. I'm talking about things you hope that God would do in your life, and suddenly you can't do them no more because you don't have money or whatever. You know? But it's because we were depending on that. That's our hopes. Were, are y'all seeing that? And don't you see why God has been trying to say to us for a long time is I want you to find another kingdom. I want you to find the, my kingdom. And I want you to live your life out of that. I want you to learn how to, re, to see that kingdom, to hear that kingdom, and relate to that kingdom and what you do and your decisions you make. Have you all thought about that? That that's really what God's trying to do in the earth right now, that that's what He's doing. Lord, what are you doing so I can join you in it? I'm shaking everything that can be shaken. Nothing, nothing will not get past me. We had a great church back in the 70s called the Lamb's Chapels. A couple of people in the room were in that church. It was the ultimate move of God in our minds. It was pretty good, you know. And God began to shake it. And the pastor of that church, unfortunately, not, no, fortunately, it was your daddy. But he just said this, the biggest mistake I ever made in my life is when God began to shake that church, I put my hand up to steady it. And God shook it to the ground. He took it, he leveled it. Because he was going to hold, you know, God was doing something and he was not cooperating with God, so God showed him who was the biggest, biggest guy on the block, so to speak. And so... I don't know how that should have worked out, but it worked out the way it did. Right? God causes all things to work for good. Right? But what I am saying is, we've been trying to hold some stuff up here, hanging on to things. And God's saying, why, why are you doing that for? That may, that, you may just cause that thing to come down. You know? You know, when he's been crying out to us, listen, I want to tap you into my world. I want to tap you into my kingdom. And you will discover something unshakable. You know? Something unshakable. Because, you know, the truth is, I've had to like, you know what, Lord? Next year, you know, next year, this church may not be able to give me an income. 
This church may be meeting hidden out in houses like they do in China. They don't take up offices in China for pastors. You know what I'm saying? But if I've learned how to live from an unshakable kingdom versus everything that's here, I'm going to be all right no matter what happens. I'm going to be all right if we become the most prosperous nation on the planet again. Or if we become a third world nation. I'm going to be fine because I'm not living from here. And that, I believe that's Jesus' belief. That's why He said, change your mind. The kingdom's right here. Change your mind and live from that place instead of this place here. And I think He's given us a chance to do that. I think he's given us the opportunity. And I think a lot of the shaking has to do with that, to try to get our attention. Listen, just keep on trying to hang on to this thing. That's going down. I'm trying to get your attention. I'm trying to tell you something. Because there's something else for you that's much greater. Yeah. Well, those are a few thoughts about the kingdom of God. <laughs> hey, listen. Uh, Jesus prayed this prayer. I found this out about the, uh, about the prayer, about the prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. How, yes, how, there you go. That's the beginning. That's the most important part. Uh, I'm no expert on this, but, you know, in the Greek language, they have different tenses of verse. Not like, you know, we have like, you know, past, present, future. They have one uh, that says this. Because there's people that say you shouldn't pray that prayer. Okay? They say that. And they have this, well, the kingdom's already come. Well, okay, like Matthew was saying earlier, are you living in divine health? No. Well, don't you think you'd like to? That's part of the kingdom. I, I think we could, you know, get over your, you know, theology that doesn't really, it's not really working in your life and get to something that's real. Okay, don't pray it'll come. I'm praying I'll get your part if you don't want it. You know, it's this. It means all the verbs, every verb in this, in that prayer is, is right this second. Your kingdom come right this second. Follow, Father, make your name holy. Bring your kingdom and your will right this second into my life. Right this second. Right now. Right now. Not tomorrow. Not yesterday. But right this second. Lord, deliver me from the devil right this second. Right, Lord, lead me right from temptation right this second. Listen, I'm being tempted. I don't need to wait four hours. I'm going to sin 98 times. I need to be delivered right this second from, from temptation. Somebody who needs food, they need it right this second. They don't need it tomorrow. They may die tomorrow. You know? And so we can begin to, when we begin to see kingdom, we can begin to say this. Uh, okay, you have a need in your life. Lord, this is my need. Make your name holy. Bring your kingdom right this second into this need. And as we begin to see the kingdom, it'll, that's really what God wants us to do. And have this revelation. Are you all okay? So I've been praying that. And I don't really understand why it's not coming right this second always. But I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I'm not going to wait I'm not going to wait to the day that I wake up and not have any food in my house and start praying that prayer. I'm not going to wait to that day that somebody I really love is dying and pray that prayer. I'm just not going to wait. I'm going to say, I'm going to find out right now. I'm going to go after it right now. I'm going to keep pushing into it and pushing into it. And one day, I'm going to step through the wall, step through this veil that's holding me back 
whatever thoughts, whatever thing that's restraining me, I'm going to step through this thing and begin to see the kingdom manifest in a great way. That's really why He wants us to do this, what He's calling us into. Amen? So let's, uh, everybody in this room, if you've got needs and stuff, let's stand up and we're going to pray that uh, kingdom of God come right this second. Okay? Oh, you can say, finally, Lord, thank you so much. I'm so thankful. Lord, I've been praying back there in the back. Kingdom of God, come right this second and stop him. <laughs> End this, Lord. Yeah, don't tell me you don't ever pray that way. I do. I'm sitting there like, please make them stop, Lord. Please, 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 please. I can't take no more. Please, Lord. Finally, I just give up and say, okay, just give me grace, Lord. Because obviously they're not going to stop. <laughs> Isn't the Lord good? The Lord's so good. Oh, Lord, I want to say this. You told me in 2004, you said that you were going to teach me how to see the kingdom. And I'm here to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you that you let me see some things. You let me hear some things. Lord, I still may be in the first grade with it. But Lord, I saw, I heard. And it only made me want more, Lord. It only made me hungry for more, Lord. More of this person. To see this person. And now I'm seeing to see His kingdom. And now I just pray that. I pray that for everybody in this room, Lord. I pray for everybody in this room that You would tell them what You told me. I'm going to teach you how to see the kingdom. And I pray for those natural things that happen that bring us into that place of learning how to see the kingdom. And Lord, we want to bring that kingdom that we're seeing, the little bit we see, the little bit we hear, we want to bring it into our lives here. We don't want it just to be some abstract thing that makes no difference for us. God, it must make a difference. It must make a difference. It must heal. Lord, it must deliver. It must put food on people's tables, Lord. It must provide. It must break demonic strongholds, Lord. It must. Or it's not a real kingdom, Lord. And you're not a real king, but we know it's a real king and a real kingdom. And Father, we are saying today, uh, make your name holy in our midst. Make your name holy in our midst. Holy is the Lord. We ask you to do that. Your kingdom come right this second. Right this second, Lord. Your will be done. And you tell the Lord what you need in his kingdom to come and his will to be done in your situation. Your life. If it's your body. You know, there's bodies in this room that need the kingdom in them. There's people in this room whose emotions are just tired. There's people in this room who are... We sang the song about being free and they're not free on the inside. They're not really free. They have addictions. They have things that hold them down. They're bound on the inside kingdom can break those chains and deliver right this second we're asking you for that God we're asking you right now this morning we're asking you for power over broken relationships Lord power over broken relationships power over homes that are being destroyed by the devil 
Now you ask the Lord. I believe the Lord will do things for you. You've got a situation. Everybody in this room's got a situation. Everybody in this room's got something that's hindering them, holding them back, a need, a prayer that hasn't been answered. We're inviting the kingdom of heaven in the second into that. Something's going to happen for people. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen.